The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Horror Hotel, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series, PapiChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I am your host and hotel owner, Jeffrey Aruz. We're so glad you could check in. We've been dying to have you. Here on Horror Hotel, we're going to explore some of Hollywood's scariest, most frightening, and creepiest films. Please welcome my co-hosts, concierge supervisor, Cynthia Boyede. Hello. Night Auditor, Mark Estes. Hello. And Guest Services Supervisor, Donovan Trott. Welcome, welcome. Before we head on over to the ballroom, let's stop by the front desk where one of our bellhops has a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Please step all the way in and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. (laughs) I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash P. C. R. Horror Hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube. At Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. You may step into the ballroom. It's time for your feature presentation. Thank you. It's time to fire up the film projector in our ballroom so that we can discuss 1977's Suspiria. Here's the official synopsis of the film. A newcomer at a prestigious ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amidst a series of grisly murders.
All right, y'all know my first question. Has anyone ever seen Suspiria? Let's start off with Cynthia. No, never. Donovan? I had never seen it, but I had read up on it. Mark? I saw it previously. And I had never seen it. At all. Wow. Yes. So we got to get into it. I'm excited. So... This movie, like, literally went from zero to the most in, like, 15 minutes. Like, usually this type of movie, like, it usually builds up to something, and then it crescendos. But we had, like, batshit crazy stuff happening within the first 15 minutes. So, we're introduced to uh, the main character of the movie, Susie Banyan, and she's an American ballet student that arrives in Freiburg, Germany at the Tans Dance Academy. And while she's, like, trying to, like, enter her uh, a student from the academy pat hingle like rushes out and we follow pat and pat arrives at her friend's house and she's freaking out she found something inside of the academy and then she locks herself in the bathroom and then so much happens within the span of like a few minutes we've got glowing eyes from outside the window we got a creepy arm bursting through the window and pulling um pulling pat so much like pressing her face so much into the damn window that it shatters we got her getting um stabbed like 50 bajillion times by this shadowy figure she gets freaking hung. Um, the the friend uh, that uh, that Pat had ran to, she ends up getting impaled by glass and stuff, and she doesn't make it out alive either. So let's talk about this opening sequence in Suspiria. Like, what did y'all think? Because as I said, it went from zero to the most very fast. So. I sat and watched this movie for the first time with a friend of mine, and we both had the same comment initially, which is we just could not understand what they were saying, and it was it was really hard to like understand like what was happening because I couldn't really make out their words, and I thought it was like the copy, and then I went and found another one, and it was the same thing, and then I went online. And I found out that the whole movie was dubbed. Like, the film was apparently made in Italy. And at that time, all they did, they shot a movie in two parts. So they would shoot the movie, and then later on, they would go back in and dub it over. So I think something got lost in translation with the audio. Um, So you're talking a lot about this first sequence and, like, I wasn't picking up any of the words. All I saw was like all the shit you described, like the girl seeing the eyes out the window and she was talking to her friend. I couldn't understand what either of them were saying. So the thing that really struck me about this was that even though a lot of really crazy shit happened, maybe it was just because I couldn't really understand what was going on. So it was just more visual for me. But it was really, really beautiful, the way everything was shot, the cinematography, and that carries on throughout the film. 
it's just really a gorgeous film. Like even there's like a scene where you describe her getting stabbed a million times. And then there's one point where she like falls on like a plate glass, like a window. And then it's like all these different colors and she begins to like fall through the window. And even though it's like horrific, it's still like the colors and everything, the way it all went together. I just thought it was like really, really pretty. Um, but yeah, she got she got she got dealt with for real. That was like I, I, towards the end, I was like, "Damn!" I mean, he stabbed her a million times. He beat her up. She got hung. It's like, all right, I think she's dead. But the thing about it is, she wasn't dead. Not until she got hung. I was like, she got stabbed like a hundred times. Why is she still alive? She got stabbed in the heart. Yeah, they show the knife going into her heart. And she's still gagged when she got home. Yeah, that was weird. I will say the dubbing is very odd. Because it was almost like a whisper dub. Yes, exactly. And uh, I so another thing I saw when I went online to find out about the dubbing, apparently all these different actresses came from different parts of the world. Like, there were German actresses, there were Italian actresses, um, and they all spoke their same language so as the film was being shot like one actress is speaking german and then the other one will speak italian back to her but because they all know what's happening they're they're able to act but i mean so yeah it was just like i mean it's kind of weird the whole way the way it went down but um yeah, I mean, so, yeah, basically throughout the movie, I wasn't really picking up on anyone's dialogue. I was just sort of, like, watching it almost like a silent movie, kind of. What about everybody else? Cynthia? At first, the music was a lot for me. It just made me feel anxious throughout. Like, you know, when, like, imagine pots and pans. It yes, made me, that music, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. that's what the music did to me and then with like the jarring shots too I was just like okay what's going on and like you mentioned before the sound I couldn't really pick up what was actually happening so I was just like okay this is going to be like the worst movie I've ever seen you know what's the name of that movie like the best worst movie I feel like someone knows The this. Creeping Terror? With, no with Charles the director Trump? No, with the director being, like, the main actor, and it was just so bad, like, it's a cult classic now. It was. The Room. The Room, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay. I was like, this is what this is going to be, but it wasn't. So I was pleasantly surprised. The first thing was Overkill, and just watching Susie as she's watching this girl in the middle of the storm, and she's, like, in the cab, and she's... He's really dry, and she's just watching this girl run. I'm like, that's so horrible. Like, girl, just call her and say, like, do you need a ride or something? Nothing. She's the worst person. That's what I felt <laughs> in that first 15 minutes. Wow. Like, who does that? It's like, oh, yeah, let's just go back into my cabin. We'll drive slowly as I see this girl run through the woods with this rain. They she's didn't have Uber up. back in the day. This is true. <laughs> Mark, y- you had seen this before, so share with us your thoughts on the opening scene. <clears throat> well, 
Yeah, I had heard so many things about Suspiria, but it's like another one of those movies where you hear about it, but you just don't get a chance to watch it, or you get pieces of it. And the scene that I always came across, whether it was like clips or somebody mentioning it, was always that opening scene. But at the time, I thought it was something in the middle of the movie. Because like you said, it went from zero to infinity in all of 15 minutes. So um, I had to sit there, you know, be like, um, well, what the hell's going on? Hell, this is the best part of the movie. And it's already began the damn movie because the soundtrack is very, like, influential with a lot of, like, heavy metal and rock bands. And um, even Raquan and Ghostface Killer, um, you know, sampled it for one of their songs. So it's a, it's got a lot of, um, you know, the soundtrack does, but... Yeah, that opening scene was just bananas. And I don't know, maybe she, you were talking about why she didn't offer a ride, um, Cynthia. I was like, what you running from? Do Look, just get in the car with us. We'll go back to the airport. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, she could have saved herself a lot of time had she yeah. just asked, you know, what's going on in there and why are you running? Let me know <laughs> if I still foot up in there because I am not even trying. It's raining too. Like, nah, I can't yeah. Did anyone else find the music distracting? Like, yeah, it could be, yeah. I mean, because there is like music that sets the tone, and then there's music that's just like intense. It was nailed on a chalkboard. I was like, please. Yes. Stop. Yeah, it and was it, a lot. I can agree with that. I well, love I the opening that. though. Like the opening was fantastic. It set the tone. It went. It you know it just. It showed us, it gave us like a peek, I guess, of what's to come, a taste of what's to come. In... You no, know, it, it actually didn't, because that was the most exciting part of the whole movie. Well, like, I, I like the end, too. I don't know, I like the end, too, but uh, we'll get into the end a little bit the later. It was a mess, but we'll get to that. Yes, <laughs> it was a fun mess, though. Okay, so... Let's actually discuss the sets and the cinematography and the costuming and all that kind of stuff all together and the light, you know, the lighting, everything, because this is a very visual film. The color palette, the tones, you know, the just everything. It's visually stunning, in my opinion. It's very much like sort of what we would see nowadays with like Brian Fuller. You know, Hannibal and Pushing Daisies, uh, you know, like the sharp colors. And I I don't know. I just I found the sets beautiful. It was like, you know, Pat was dying, but I'm like, damn, you know, that apartment complex, that hotel is gorgeous. What a gorgeous place to die in. The whole movie was really, really beautiful. Like, the way it was shot, the costumes. Like, everybody had, like, amazing costumes. Except for that one lady. Like, as soon as the girl first arrives, she's met by the lady that looks like the principal from Matilda. Yes. Uh, Yes. Archibald, Hannibald, whatever her name is. She was giving me a little, like, Kathleen Turner realness. Mm-hmm. No. no, not like, no, not like. Come up off of John Bennett. That's the bitch. But I, I explain later though. But, but not like young Kathleen Turner. Like a little bit like older Kathleen Turner. Even older Kathleen Turner had a little bit of saunter to her. Okay, like, fine. But she wasn't you. stiff. Shout well, out to the saunter. I'm gonna say y'all... Sorry, go ahead. Shout out. <laughs> no, say shout out to the saunter. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> I was gonna say John Bennett, aka Madame Blanc. She. 
is a stage actress. And the reason why she was so staunchy is like because she played the original. Okay, you know the character Michelle Pfeiffer played in the remake of Dark Shadows? That was the character that John Bennett played in the actual TV show. She was very stiff all throughout Dark Shadows, but so was every act on the show. It was like everybody was walking around this half dead, like, oh, God. But it just, so seeing her, when I first saw the movie, I was like, oh, they got the right bitch to play this role. Oh, wait, uh, no, I don't think he's talking about Joan Bennett. He's talking about, um, what is her name? Um, oh. Well, he said Kathleen Turner, and I think that Joan Bennett kind of reminds me oh, a little bit. Oh, Joan Bennett remind you of Kathleen Turner? No, we're talking about the lady with the with the hair, the one looking like like her name is Olga. Yeah, that's what I say. She's like an Olga. She's like an Olga. Yeah, she looks like an Olga. Okay, but she looked like. Did you see Matilda? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She looked just like the the villain principal. in that, the yeah. principal. The headmistress. Yeah. It's, I forget. I forget. I know she met a lot of people. It was just like they threw so many people at you when they when she first got to the um, school. It was just like, okay, just to post between who's who and all that crap. But I'm sorry. You know the one who kept throwing shade? The older woman who kept throwing shade? Her name was actually Olga. <laughs> In the... <laughs> she looks like an Olga, though. Let's be honest. She does like oh an Olga. It's too oh, funny. No, Joan Bennett was giving me Delta Burke realness. <laughs> yeah, she kind of was, except for that played out hair. She yeah. had that she had that wig from Dark Shadows. It was left off from Dark Shadows. She had the wig from Dark Shadows. That's yeah, too the, funny. The, the little things about this movie really <laughs> set it apart, like the costuming, the cinematography. Uh, I want to say the art direction, even though I'm not 100% sure what that is, but I feel like <laughs> art direction was really on point in this film. But yeah, I mean, just like everybody who decided what this movie is going to look like did the damn thing. I mean, it was really, really nice to look at. Yeah, and it was giving me like sort of Black Swan-ish. Yes. But like crazier. I think that Way Black Swan tried to be like Suspiria, but it couldn't because Suspiria had already reached that uh, level of uh, bonkers crazy. Yeah, shit. but also Suspiria, like the crazy stuff was actually happening versus, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, Black Swan, it <laughs> it wasn't. So, I mean, it was just, it was nutty from the beginning. Like, I, I don't know how... Susie like stayed there with like all the really weird stuff happening. I guess it must have been like, you know, oh, I'm an American and maybe th- that's how it is in Europe, you know, like the weird shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like once you pass out, you pass out and you come to, and then like you're prescribed to drink wine every day. Yeah. Yo, that'll be my damn type of place. I'm like, shit, I have to drink wine to stay healthy. Okay, that's not a problem. But then my ass probably dead for the next you know, ten minutes or something. Cause I'm, I'm like the Pennywise. Like you know, Pennywise shows up. I have wine down here. I'll probably sc- scoot my ass into goddamn drink. That's how bad I am. I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, poor Pennywise. Pennywise. No, I was saying I'm alcoholic. I just I have a thing for wine. Like I'm upset <laughs> that you don't have. You uh, you appre- appreciate good wine. Nothing wrong with that. Does your liver appreciate good wine? That's the question. 
Well, I don't drink it like that, but when I do drink it, yeah, it's like a good common. It's like a stress reliever. Do you drink it out of box? I have. Okay. No. Okay, this is a tip for you. You're very welcome. Get a bottle, get a long straw, put it in the <laughs> bottle, and drink it. I'm just trying to find a straw long enough. I do have bottles, though. Like, I have, I always have a bottle of wine in my refrigerator at all times. That's nice. very uh, Real Housewives of you, Cynthia. Yes. White, yes. white, white wine. <laughs> That's too much. And just an FYI, um, the, the lady with the Matilda, her name is Miss Tanner. Oh. So, there is an Olga, though. That's one of the students that uh, Susie is introduced to. All right, so Susie faints, and now she's getting medicated with wine. She ends up becoming friends with a girl named Sarah, and then the maggots come. Let's talk about those maggots. I was kind of disappointed in the maggots because when I found out there were maggots, I thought it was, like, super creepy. Like, oh, my God, maggots are falling from the ceiling, and then... They were like, oh, we have to go into the attic. They're coming from the attic. I was like, oh, my God, what's in the attic? And then they go into the attic, and they find this box. And they're like, oh, my God, we have to open this box. And then they open the box, and I'm thinking it's going to be like a dead body. It's going to be like something really crazy. And they're like, oh, no, it's just some meat, that some sausages that someone left in the attic. I'm like, first of all, how does a crate of – first of all, who ships sausage in a crate? First of all, second of all, <laughs> who put the crate of sausage in the attic? It's like, why is it up there and not in the kitchen? It, it, it's just, and third, I seriously doubt a crate of sausages could produce that amount of maggots. Like, those maggots were literally everywhere. Like, it, I mean, so it started out as like a really cool sort of visual thing and then it just ended up being like, what the hell? Like, it just didn't make enough sense for me to find it interesting. And then it also, like, in most horror movies, stuff happens, and then they rationalize it, and they rationalize it, and rationalize it, and then in the end, it turns out it was all part of, like, this big, evil, like, big, bad thing that was happening. This was really just a crate of sausages stuck in the <laughs> attic. I'm like, what the but like, do we yeah. really believe that's all it really was, especially yes. after seeing the whole movie? They never said anything other than that. So, yes, it never came back. It was just, oh, it's a crate of sausages, relax, sleep in the gym for tonight. And that was it. Yeah, that, was, that kind of irked me, too. I don't like open-ended stuff like that because, <laughs> first of all, why y'all still there? Okay. Oh my I'm gosh. She's go still drinking the wine. That's why she's there. She gets free wine every day. <laughs> well, I'd have took my free bottle or two and would have went to the hotel somewhere and went back to America. I would have been like, y'all got bad. I would have gone here. to America. Because I'm just saying, I can't live in this. I mean, no. Y'all can take me off the roster. <laughs> take me to, off the I'm roster. Going to I'm going to Julia. Y'all play too much. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, the maggots was weird, uh, and I, I the only thing that I could think is storyline wise, uh, they had to put them in the the gym basically so that that night 
you know, they could start hearing all the weird stuff. Maybe? Well, yeah, but, I mean, they could have fit it in better. It could have been something else. It, I, I mean, it just felt so weak, you know? I guess. I can agree with that. Although, I will say the lighting in the gym was really nice. Because, like, the sheets are white, but it's like everything is red. I'm like, why the fuck do they have red lights in the gym? And, like, it, like visually, though, it was impressive. But even though it really didn't make any sense. It's the why gorgeous. does a ballet school have a gym? Wait, no, okay, no, that makes sense. Sorry. Cynthia answered her own question. Well, there's that. So... They start hearing all this weird stuff. Footsteps and a, a whistle snore, which, like, that's kind of stalker-ish that she would know. She's like, I know that snore. Like, that's very yeah. Cynthia of her. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, so so all of a sudden, there's, like, some sort of snore that has that apparently the only person that does that snore is the director, but they aren't to be returning for several weeks. Yeah, I didn't catch any of that. I was, like I said, the audio was kind of like on and off. So the finer plot details, I was just like not, I, it, it was really hard for me to follow this movie. You did see the part when the, the, the dog bit the, the man. The custodian yeah, I saw side. that. That, was, that just came out of fucking nowhere. <sighs> I was, I mean, it was just, like, weird, because I was thinking, like, oh, my God, something's about to, like, because the way they shot it, there's, like, all these overhead scenes and or shots, and it looks like something's flying around him, and the dog is, like, barking at whatever is coming for him, and then the dog just turned on him and bit his neck, which also was not really explained. I guess just by virtue of the fact that they're, like, spoiler alert, witches, that all this crazy shit is happening. Wait, like, they're witches? That... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yes. Um, for, the view, for the listener who's never seen this film. Um, but, the, like, the, it, it, I don't know. This, the maggots, like, other stuff, it just didn't really come together for me. Maybe had I heard Maybe had the dialogue been easier to hear, it would have made sense. But it was like, and then also I was thinking to myself, why is this blind man, why does he have his dog escorting him through this big ass courtyard? Like, isn't there another street he can take? Like, Oh my gosh. It's It's supposed to be dramatic. It was just weird. Like, (laughs) kept getting in the way. Well, to give you sort of like the storyline breakdown, basically what had happened was the blind piano player, um, his dog had bit the custodian's son, who happens to be Madame Blanc's nephew, a.k.a. uh, Delta Burke. Yeah. And so the reason why the dog attacked him I guess, was witchy payback. Mm. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. All right, Calandra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's why the man had to die. Well, I, I remember the part about the dog biting the guy and then blah, 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 but the scene itself was just very sort of 
it felt external and then it was internal. You know what I mean? Like him and the dog were like together and then there's like this thing coming at them, the dog's barking, it's like, you know, blah blah blah, what's going on? And then the next thing you know, the dog bites him. Which to be fair, I did not see coming and it was like I was genuinely surprised. So I'll give them points for that. But it still just didn't feel like it made sense. Like she possessed the dog. But I know don't how, know. Because like, of the heard shadows so many and stuff. Times that animals are sensitive to the supernatural energies. Yes. So maybe that's why he was barking before he got possessed. And then he's yeah. like, yeah. But you're possessing a dog. Like, okay, never mind. Never mind. I guess you were saying, I guess you were saying, get, this is what happens when you don't watch your mutt or something like that, you know, or something like that. The damn dog bit my damn um, nephew. And now he's going to bite you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that part of it, yes, but it was still kind of whatever. Yeah, it was weirdly shot. Like, I get what they were trying to do with, like, making it seem very mysterious. But I was still very curious as to, like, what the fuck was happening. Because you see the shadows and all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, what's really going on? And then all of a sudden, the dog is eating, like, chitlins or something. And I'm like, good grief, he's going to town on that fucking neck. And he went straight for the neck. I mean, he didn't bite his arm or his leg. He went straight for the jugular. I was like... Okay, alright. Yeah, my favorite moment was when, I don't even know who they are, in my mind they're dog catchers, and like the dog just runs. <laughs> like yelling, <laughs> yelling, catching my the, the ass. One guy was running after the dog, and then the other guy was trying to help him. I was like, why are you chasing the dog? He just killed one man, what are you doing? He's gonna kill your ass <laughs> next. He's gonna kill you. The dog was probably upset that he just killed his master. Like, oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Leave me alone. Like, the dog was like, no, just leave me alone. I wasn't supposed to do it. Wow. Aww. It was very Brian yes. from Family Guy. Yes. <laughs> so, the movie ends up, like, circling back to the start because... Uh, Susie and Sarah end up having a talk about Pat, who we saw uh, get viciously murdered by a shadowy figure at the very start of the movie. And apparently Pat had been, like, mumbling, like, crazy stuff for a while. And Susie remembers that Pat mentioned two things while she was mumbling. Iris and Secret. And so uh, Sarah ended up getting, like, really interested in, like, finding out, like, what they could find out about, about basically what Pat was mumbling. And so they tried to search for Pat's notes, but they were missing. And then all of a sudden, Susie ends up getting knocked out again. And uh, Sarah ends up being chased by something, much like uh, the piano player, Daniel. And so she gets attacked by this unseen person. Once again, glass gets broken everywhere. Windows get shattered and whatnot. And finally, um, Sarah ends up being able to escape through a teeny tiny little window. And so she uh, crawls through the window. She's on a window ledge. And her plan is to jump to the next little window that's open. Without looking beneath her. That's what I was going to ask. Thank you for ruining it, Donovan. 
<laughs> so she ends up leaping without looking, and she ends up falling into, like, the most gigantic... It was like a freaking room filled with razor wire. Why they have this in a dance academy, I don't know. And so she struggles and whatever, and then this shadowy figure ends up slitting her throat. So, who the fuck doesn't look before they leap? Like, really? Alright, so before we even get to that part, what she's running away from, somebody... Alright, so she barricades herself into this door. Well, even before Uh, that, I loved when, like, she just, like, gets, like, shoved into the glass. Well, yeah, and then she's fine afterwards. Well, no, she's got some, um, she had some nicks-ish. But it was on her face, and I'm like, you know, your face didn't really hit it. Getting shoved through glass, I feel like, would cause a little more damage, but, um... there you go. All right, so she ends up in this room, and at first she's, like, cowering in the corner. Well, because the shadowy figure is, like, sticking a... I guess yeah, a knife. They got like a butter knife, and they're trying they to got like a go butter knife. undo the latch. But it took them like any other. See, and this is the thing. Like I suspend disbelief as much as I can. But like <laughs> to think that you couldn't just stick wow. that knife in there and like flick that thing up in in one move and open the door. I mean, this thing was like. It, it, it looked like a, either a toddler or, like, somebody with arthritis was trying to, like, break into this room. They, it, it was literally, it took, like, 40 tries to lift that little oh latch God. up. It was like, what is going on? And then she finally decides to, like, build a little mountain of, of cases to get through this door. Oh. And then she yes, maggot-free like cases, just an FYI. She with the oh smallest case and then start oh. building bigger cases on top of it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Don't you know to put the big case on the bottom and then to, like... It, it was like she wanted it to fall, and then she like <laughs> gets to the window and is getting ready to jump. Doesn't look. She's in a frenzy. Razor wire. I mean, I, I can almost forgive that, but then why the hell was the room filled with razor wire? See, that's it, something it, I don't it, understand. Why the room was filled with razor wire? And the thing is, like, she also give like a she did like a very half hearted jump. Yeah, like if you saw her jump, like that. she did, like a jump, like you know, she's jumping from I don't know, like the couch to the floor. Like she didn't really like do like one of those jumps where she's like leaping out, which yeah. that kind of annoyed me. And then like that whole room was weird because it's like that that door, but there's like no step it's like a huge step down to get to the actual floor and then it's filled with razor wire and then it had the little teeny tiny window it just that whole the structure of that room didn't make any sense and but the main question is why was there so much razor wire it was voodoo it was voodoo it was voodoo it was voodoo. I bet you, you come back, if they went back in the room, they would have probably sat there and found all this stuff gone. Because she oh, disappeared. I'm, I'm just saying, it just was just bizarre. I give, I, I give y'all saying it was bizarre. But I want to ask this question. Which one was worse? That razor, um, all that razor wire down there, or that scene in Saw 2 when they threw that girl in there with all those needles? Which did y'all think probably was the worst one? I didn't watch any of the Saw movies outside of the What? Movie. 
Oh, well, get ready, because they're coming. Or at least one of them. Yeah, I, I just felt like they were just, like, cheap. And it was just about oh, seeing oh. people get ripped up. It was The first three were these. The first three were awesome. The rest of them were just horrible. But it was a scene where... Because I saw Saw 2 before I saw Spiria. So when I saw that girl go into that razor wire, I was like, ooh, which one would probably be worse? Dead or yeah. stuck stuff like that. But ooh, just... It's like... It, it felt like the... The shadowy figure at the end of the scene was like, I'm going to give you a mercy killing because you just, like, this should well, took you yeah, out. I'm, Toe up from the flow up. All right, so at the point where she was, like, trying to get out the room, not only was the person on the other end of that door, like, acting like they couldn't get in the room for some reason, but she was acting like she couldn't get up these damn boxes and get, like, for any other person running for their life, it would have took them like 30 seconds to build that little tower of boxes and get over the window. It took her like three, four minutes. She was moving like she had molasses on her ass. And then when she actually got into the razor wire, that's the point where you would probably want to start moving real, real slow. Like, all right, I need to get my ass out of this. Like, untangle myself. And that's when she was like moving fast. Going, I was like, stop panicking like when you should panic you don't but when you shouldn't you do oh <laughs> damn you sarah <laughs> shout out to the voodoo wire nah. it was voodoo wire damn, voodoo wire. <laughs> damn sarah all right so uh, uh matilda and uh um what did i call it? delta burke uh tell Susie that sarah left She's just, she's gone. She's gone, she girl. She's left in the middle of the night. Yes. And so Susie finally is suspicious. And so she does a Cynthia and starts investigating. Yeah, finally. Yes. And so she ends up finding one of Sarah's uh, acquaintances, uh, who's a uh, psychologist, Frank Mandel. And... Uh, she also finds Professor Millis, and through both of them, she gets some information. Basically, the Academy was founded by a woman named Helena Marcos, a Greek immigrant who everyone believed was a witch. And she also learns that a witch's coven cannot survive without their queen. So, we get a little mythology. And can I just say how weird it is that they decided to introduce this plot point in the last third of the film? Usually, like, they'll shade a plot point or they'll introduce something. It's like that movie Get Out. Like, in the first part of the movie, he meets her parents and then the father shows her, oh, this is my dad and he competed in the Olympics and blah, blah, blah. And it, it doesn't, you know, come back to you until the end of the movie. Like, it circles back. None of this witch shit was introduced in the first two parts of the movie. So, I mean, you can kind of understand that there's something going on, but they don't really, they don't even allude to it. It's just all, this is what's happening in the back part of the movie, which I felt was kind of, it it was a bit silly. So you didn't think any of the Pat stuff seemed kind of supernatural-ish? It did, for sure, but it did, there was... When you watch movies, it's like The Sixth Sense, 
where if you watch the movie knowing the ending, you can see throughout the film from the very beginning, like, oh, he was dead the whole time. Wait, what? But, yeah. (laughs) But with with this, even knowing that they all end up being witches, you watch it and nothing is really alluded to until that back half of the film. The batshit crazy. Right. Even all the stuff that's happening, it's like, it could be somebody, it could be just like a serial killer just taking these girls out. There's no magical sort of bend to any of it, really. You kind of have to infer that it's magic, but it could just as easily be other shit, you know? It could be like an outside presence. It could be a serial killer. It could, you know... The call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, it just... It it felt kind of, like, lazy. And then maybe if it was, like, in its original Italian, you would think um, maybe there's some nuances that were written into the script that got lost in translation. But it just felt kind of weird that it all came at the end. I don't know. I was with you until, you know, about... Because then I got to think about like the maggots, then the 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 um, razor piano, wire, the the well, not the razor <laughs> wire, but the piano player getting killed by the doll. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like the maggots was isolated. They like, oh, it was just meat in the attic. Like that's what bothered me about that. Like if it sort of fit into like this narrative of well, you know, witches love sausages or some shit. Uh, what if? Oh, kinky. However, well, you could fit that in. It, it was isolated. It was Which is love a big sausage. See, there you go. There you go. There you go. Donovan Thank said it first. But, I'm talking about the movie. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, I get what you're saying, though. I just feel like that would be probably a bit of pushback from somebody who would be like, wait, you did not realize something crazy was going on? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying somebody might push back <laughs> on you, like, when you know. I mean, the dog all of a sudden bites his owner when something's chasing them. You know, you know, some people come at you like that, but I, I get what you're saying. There could, there but, could be a stronger thread throughout of like, you know, maybe all of these are like spells or all of this stuff is that's happening. It, it could have fit together more neatly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not disagreeing because I was up there with you too. It was like. That kind of came out of left field. Because going into Suspiria, and I did see it a few times, it was just like, okay, I get it. You know, they were talking about how it was a, you know, a witch. You know, they, they kept saying, like, witches. Every time, like, you see a list of, like, the greatest witch movies of, uh, you know, you know, those little lists yeah. they have on the internet. Suspiria would be listing a couple of them. Like, oh, so they're witches, you know? But so you don't get it. Yeah, you go into it knowing, but at the same time, like you said, you have this being your first time watching it. Because when I first watched it, I was like, okay, where's the witch shit? Because, you know, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm all about a good witch bitch. So I was like, where's the bitch? Where's the queen witch bitch? You know, where's the grand how witch and all this shit? And it's like, okay, y'all try to keep it a mystery. And, but yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Okay. So let's get into the crescendo. Because a lot happens at the end. We learn a lot and we see a lot. So there's a hidden passage. We see walls painted with the irises that Pat had uh, mumbled uh, earlier. Um, And then all of a sudden, 
Susie sees uh, everybody, basically, the, the staff of uh, the Academy, including um, Matilda and Delta Burke. And they're performing some sort of ritual, and uh, they are planning Susie's death. And then all of a sudden, Susie turns around and she finds Sarah's body nailed to a coffin. And then she enters another room, and that's when she awakens, by accident, the, the, the shadowy figure. And it turns out the shadowy figure is Helena Marcos. And so Helena, with her witchy ways ends up reanimating Sarah's corpse to kill Susie. But Susie ends up stabbing Helena in the throat, through the throat, killing Helena. And uh, it also causes uh, Susie's, I mean, Sarah's corpse to um, dematerialize. That was very weird. And then all of a sudden, like the academy starts turning into like a shambles like the the rest of the coven they die because the queen is dead and susie escapes with her life just as uh, the entire building bursts into flames and she's smiling and happy and laughing yeah can I? T- I mean the end of this movie was just fucking bad shit i mean yeah. it's like yeah. It was just weird. It's like, all right, so she goes in, like, I mean, all right, so there's a part of it where it makes sense. So she goes in, she discovers this, like, room, and then, like, the reveal of, like, the girl who she saw in the very beginning, and, like, it's coming back to her. Oh, she meant turn the flowers. She turned the flowers. But then I'm thinking to myself, in that flashback, who is she yelling at? Why is she yelling flowers or some? Why is she saying this shit out loud like that? And, like, why... It's just so weird. It, but anyway, moving from on from that, um, she goes in, finds the layer, sees these people sitting in there. And then there was one part of it where, because Susie keeps getting sick throughout the movie, she's fainting, you don't know what's wrong with her. And then you see them sort of like performing some sort of weird magic thing where they're like draining her energy or something because she gets a little wobbly mm-hmm. as they do it. So I was like, oh, so that's what's going on. But then she yeah, like Delta Burke was room. doing the most. She goes into this other room, wakes up the big bad, who can't stop laughing for some reason, and is like, you know, Susie picks up this thing, she's going to go stab her, and then the thing is like, oh, I'm going to go invisible in your ass. But she wasn't yes. invisible. You could clearly see the bitch. And she, you could still hear her, too. And then the dead body comes walking into the room, but then you look back and this bitch is still sitting there like laughing. Like it was almost <laughs> like she was daring to her, like, I know you still see me, but I know you ain't gonna stab me, bitch. Like Yes. What do you and she was just sitting there doing nothing. It was like, is this like you're like all powerful and you can barely go invisible? Like what is it, it Well, do we weird. really think she was really that powerful? Because she was looking all decrepit. She was a but like this is the person that they're like praising or like as soon as she dies everyone else dies so you have to imagine she was the center of power she hadn't had a manicure in a while 
But no, she probably, I don't know, she looked like she was just funky. Hey, the Megas probably came from her ass. <laughs> the maggots oh, came like from her ass. <laughs> Literally. The maggots came from her ass. Literally. Wow. She looked like everybody did. I just took a shit, and the shit just manifested itself into a body. And I was like, okay, here, here is Helena Marcos. She looks Helena like, Marcos. I don't, this is going to be a very random pop culture reference. I don't think any of you have ever seen Star versus the Forces of Evil. But in the show Star versus the Forces of Evil, um, Star, the main character, she's a princess with a magical uh, uh, thing. And with, with her magical uh, wand, she ends up turning her teacher into a troll and she looks just like the teacher she looks like a troll star versus the oh, oh um, okay i see what you're saying okay i had i had, I had to google that yes <laughs> but uh yeah she just she looked like i didn't really understand the invisibility because you could like it, every time it would flash and you could see her silhouette she was still there. You could, she was. You could probably still smell her too. I mean, come on. Oh my god. <laughs> and why couldn't she stop oh laughing? It was like, why? Yep. What be so funny? It not only did, but it kind of like made my skin crawl. Like, oh, stop. Oh, you have nothing to laugh about. Man. She was you doing the disgusting. most. <laughs> like, man, have you seen your? Do I need to get you a mirror? You have nothing to be laughing oh about. God. Bitch can barely turn invisible, and she's sitting there laughing at me. Like, exactly. That would have been, oh, it would have been a good dragon session. <laughs> like, girl, look, your hair is a mess. You look, you look dusty. Oh you look like you, you like the maggots we had popping at the cafeteria a couple of weeks ago. They like the joke that came from your body. I mean, like, I'd have been on it. They, they probably killed me. Like, kill this motherfucker. I'm sick of his damn mouth. <laughs> And she stabbed her straight through the throat. Yes. <laughs> like, oh my God. That lady She's will like never deep throat again. <laughs> exactly. But can we come back to how stupid Susie is, though? Which part? <laughs> like, exactly. Like, girl, first of all, you know this weird stuff is going on. So you go, you find out that, oh, your teachers are witches. You come back to dorm, and then... Someone tells you, oh, they got everyone but you tickets to go see this play. And you're like, okay, I'll just go to my room and hang out now. Like, girl. Thank and then you. She, <laughs> and then she's going to investigate what's going on, wearing heels. I'll it's count cool. all the steps. And yeah, then we didn't even like, talk. Oops. We didn't even talk about the bat. Oh, yes. That's oh, that too. Uh, well, that was the one time where I was like, get it, Susie, because that bat came in, and I would have been the same way at first. Like, oh, my God, get it away from me. But did she, like, hit it, toss the towel over, and squash the shit out of it? Was it? That's exactly what I would have done. Like, but then where did the bat come from? Why is there a bat in this movie? Like, what does this mean? You know, there was just too much stuff in this movie that was just... Yeah. What do fit into like a clean narrative you know what do you all think the wine was because that was some thick ass wine do you think there was like I some know. sort of think it was blood, blood? Yeah. it looked yeah. like blood i think it was the blood of the old woman because that was like really still blood <laughs> oh my exactly. god but i'd have been like oh you think maybe if they would have sacrificed her helena would have turned young like uh yes, like hocus so pocus nice. Here's my thing about the end that kind of confused the hell out of me. Like, 
out of all them chicks in where were they at? Um, Germany. Germany. Out of all, I guess y'all had to go to America to find the right one because it just seems so like why her? Like how did y'all pick her? Like who went to America and scouted out of all the United States of America this one girl? And they probably mentioned the movie, but that just always puzzles me. Like why her? Of all the people, remember the the headmistress? I guess I don't know who she is. Matilda. Fancy one. Yeah. Oh no, the fancy Ed, one, Delta, Delta Burke. Matilda, not Delta Burke. The other one. Yes, yes, Delta Burke. And she's like, "Oh, your last name? Are you by chance related to this person? I met this person at this place." So she probably saw her at one of the parties for the rich white people, and then she's like, "Yeah, that's the one." For the rich yeah. white people, I love it because she had the blood of this other person that was. Blah, blah, okay. Blah. Okay. That too. And on top of this, like what you said, Donovan, it's like that dialogue. I had to have all my damn, uh, what the thing called the captions on when I was watching the movie. Because I was like, y'all Yeah, were it was really hard to understand what was going on. And that plus the fact that even if you could make out all the words, it still didn't make no damn sense. So, that is it, true. I mean. Well, there's that. Yeah. All right. So let's check and see if Suspiria has won any awards. And um, it has not, but it was nominated in, 19- in 1978. It was nominated for a Saturn Award. Best Supporting Actress for Joan Bennett, your girl, Mark. Yes, I love Joan. Yes. You can, uh, you two having brunch this weekend? Did you hear, like, how husky is Oh, no, she's dead. Yeah. I love Joan. <laughs> so sexy. Yes. She died in 1990. Sorry, Joan. You have a picnic on her grave. <gasps> but you, know, you know Joan looks like that woman who has all the damn tea. You know what I'm saying? Like she has all the tea. And she's not scared. She's not scared to, um, you know, spill it. And then somebody questioned about it. She'll sit there call them out. Be like, and what the fuck you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, well, you she's like that. I'm just, if y'all watch the old Dark Shadows, y'all will see what I'm talking about. So that's why I was so excited. I'm sorry to get off tangent. I'm so I was so excited when Michelle Pfeiffer was gonna play that role. Then I saw the first reel from their movie, and I was like, I am not watching this shit. Even Michelle Pfeiffer can't say this damn bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but uh, I was gonna explain what I thought because I think that Jeff is also on the same source that I'm at right now because it makes so much sense now. Reading up on this movie to um early the day, it made the most sense. Cause I'm not gonna lie, when I when we said this off Superior on the list, I was like, okay, I seen this one. I'm gonna have to watch it again because I'm still trying to figure out what the big deal was for this damn movie. <laughs> because everybody I know who was a big horror fan, they would sit there and tell you like Superior's one of the greatest movies of all time. And I watched it. I was like, okay, um, what's so good about this damn movie? And I said. Okay, y'all like the striking, you know, features, the the sets and how those soundtrack just screws with the senses and all this stuff and everything. And but I'm like, that story, that plot was just horrid. I'm just I'm just gonna be honest with y'all. Um, but somebody, one of the critics said that it is one of the most striking assaults on the senses ever to be committed to celluloid. This unrelenting tale of the supernatural was and likely still is the closest a filmmaker has come to capturing a nightmare on film. And this what it looked like to me was a big ass nightmare. And I think this is what happened with the um 
the witches. You know, the witches at the end, like, oh, let's just make it even more crazy. Let's throw some witches in here. And this, you know, like, so, I don't know. Yeah, that could be, to be quite honest, because it's just, no. it is a weird-ass movie. I'm not that familiar with the director, Dario Argento. Um, I do know that he was involved with the Masters of Horror series, for those out there that have seen it. And he actually directed one of my most favorite installments, Jennifer. And so... Um, that pissed me off, but go ahead. Oh, you didn't like Jennifer? I owned that movie. I remember sitting there watching. Can you know, I told you I hate seeing kids get killed. And when that little um, child was eviscerated, I was like, oh my God. Then I realized, I'm like, this is Dario Gento. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, he really does it. He really does it. But Jennifer is something. Uh, continuing on with awards, it was nominated in 2002 uh, for another Saturn Award, but this one has to deal with uh, just the DVD release. But they just getting those Saturn Awards though, huh? I know, Ooh. right? <laughs> and over on the Rotten Tomatoes Fresh Meter, this is 93% certified fresh. And that's why what? I was saying, that's why I was saying, Donovan, if you sat there and said, you, if you go against any horror fan with this movie, they would sit there and try to drag you or tell you where you're wrong and stuff like that. Oh, so that's why I kept my mouth shut. I've kept uh, my mouth shut. See, and here is the thing. Here's the thing. There are some good parts of this film. I liked the way it looked. Um, that opening sequence I thought was interesting. It didn't bore me. This movie did not bore me, unlike that other movie last week that I didn't watch. But um, this... Shout out to The Creeping Terror. (laughs) Oh, my God. But um, this one actually held my attention, and I thought there was a lot here that was interesting, and some of the shots were very well done. But there's no way this is one of the best horror movies ever made. There just isn't. It's interesting. It comes from a fresh point of view, but that doesn't make it good. You know, what makes a movie good, what makes a story good, there are fundamentals that you have to hit. It's not rocket science. There's a good way to tell a story. There's a bad way to tell a story. This was not an effective way to tell a story. Were there innovative and fresh ideas here that probably hadn't been seen at that point? Yes. Does that mean that it's like one of the best things ever made? No. And so this is where you have to sort of draw a line in the sand and say, either you're going to take a movie for its entertainment value, or you're going to like read into it and just like, you know, like I remember reading last year, not this year, uh, the Toronto International Film Festival this year has already passed. It was just like last month. But like last year, there was a movie called Baby Driver, which you can probably find on DVD or cable now. And it has like amazing reviews. I sat down to watch it and it was just meh. And then there was another article that came out that talked about how all these different critics coming out of the Toronto International Film Festival gave this movie some rave reviews, not because they thought it was an excellent movie, but because they liked the idea of the movie and they wanted to see more of it. And so it just sort of shows how there is a divide between like critics and why they'll praise the movie and audiences. You know, audiences just want to be entertained. Sometimes other people read into films more or they 
praise them for reasons other than what they're at, the merit that they're built on, you know? And this is one of those movies for me. It's like, if you genuinely enjoyed it, fine, but I really don't think there's a person I could find who would say that this movie didn't have some problems. Well, I will say before we hand out our own awards that uh, this movie has been remade for American audiences. And if you loved Delta Burke, imagine Delta Burke being played by Tilda Swinton. When was this remake? This year. It hasn't been released yet, but Tilda Swinton will be playing Madame Blanc. And Dakota Johnson will be playing uh, the uh, Susie character. Okay, so now I have another question. I wrote this down when I was watching the first movie, but now that you say Dakota Johnson's playing this character, she's the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. How old were the girls in this academy? Because watching it, they weren't, they didn't look like teenagers. I wasn't sure if they were trying to make them look like teenagers or maybe they're out of high school on to like whatever. But with Dakota Johnson, like a lot of times, like back in the 70s and 80s and even in the 90s, they'll hire like a 30 year old to play like a 16 year old. And that's just the way things were done. But, like, Dakota Johnson is, like, what, 26, 27? Yeah. So, why but, is he at a ballet academy? I know. So, I don't know if this is going to make it even more confusing, but Chloe Grace Moretz, she's playing the Pat character. Uh, those girls are in completely different generations. What the hell? <laughs> I'm thinking that they was. I'm thinking that the girls were all... Like you said, like post, like post high school, like they're like you know in college, and some might be might be more talented and like maybe prodigy. Not prodigy. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, prodigy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Prodigies. Anyway, they might be at different ages. You know, to the point where they can probably like work with each other, or something like that. But at the same time, I just think that it, the remake is not going to do as good because they're already sitting there trying to trash it before the movie even come out. So yeah, and it was filmed many, many months ago. It started filming like about a year ago, and it finished in March, and it still hasn't been released. Although, a positive note, maybe uh, Jessica Harper, who played Susie in the original, is in the cast in some role who knows she probably did get possessed by what's her name and then she's gonna pop up in sequences i'm gonna take this body back to america and, and give these bitches a twirl oh my god she's gonna play helena she's gonna probably end up playing <laughs> helena that's too funny well let's hand out some of our own awards and we gotta start it with this one because there was a lot of screaming the scream queen pat or razor blades sarah <laughs> The funny thing is, Susie didn't really scream. She's like the main chick in this movie. She's like the scream queen, if you want to call somebody that. And she, I, I don't remember hearing her scream ever in this movie, even at the end. She was very just reaction. She was just like a doe-eyed, you know, female running through the damn building. Like, oh, 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 no, oh. And that was it. I didn't get, I don't remember her. She wasn't member as a scream queen is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, she didn't scream. But then again, with this weak-ass dub, we probably wouldn't even heard it. I think it was Sarah for me. Yeah, Sarah did a lot. Is that the girl in the razor wire? Yes. Yeah, I give it to her. The diva. Matilda's um, headmistress. Not Madame Blanc? Yeah, I'm going to give it to Madame Blanc. 
Wait, are we going to do a shade queen one? Yes, the queen of shade. Oh, okay, okay. Madame Blanc is then the <laughs> diva. Wait, well, we skipped over this character. I can't remember her name, but when Susie first got there, Miss Tanner, like the, the girl who was like coming at her, and then she ended up staying in her room. We didn't really see her after that. Olga. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was a diva. She just kind of disappeared. You know who had a little She got sacrificed. (laughs) (laughs) You know who had a little diva in her? Was Sarah too. Because, like, she's wearing this beautiful pink dress. And then she's like, oh, that's the dinner bell. I'm going to go change into something different. I'm like, what are you changing into? You look beautiful. Like, go. She's like, this isn't my eating dress. Oh, yeah. Too plain. That's too funny. What about the moment that made you gag? I guess maggots. the um, maggots, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maggots. What about the kill of the night? What was the best kill? The first, first girl. Bitch in the throat. Really? I, okay, I, I, I give you that one. I like the opening. Yeah. <laughs> because that was yeah. like a two, that was, that was like a two uh, birds and one stone. <laughs> that was overkill. That was not even a kill. It was just... It was weird. You want to call it torture, but like any one of those blows should have killed her. But she was still alive. That one just gave me questions. Oh my gosh. It does. <laughs> what about the that's so retro moment? Sarah smoking um, in the during their sleepover is what I'm going to in the gym. And she's just smoking away and no one says anything. That was retro for me. I don't know. I didn't. Nothing really stuck out to me about this. Maybe storing meat in the attic. I don't know. I guess they did that in the seventies. But um, well, the outfits to me, you know, those outfits just look like they just screamed nineteen seventies. Like, but they were all gorgeous though. Yeah, some some were basic. Yeah, I mean, I had to. I don't know. Let me stop. Well, I think the movie held up well, so I'm not sure if there is a that's so. I think it holds up. Okay, we can do that. So, now it's time to uh, rank the film in our special categories. We've got The Screamer for a film that's filled with scares. The Gut Buster for a film that is grotesque. The Eye Popper for a film that is visually impressive. The Grave Digger for a film that's lacking scares. And The Mind Blower for overall best in show. Cynthia Boyede, you go first, since you yeah. are our prima ballerina. I would give it a grave digger and an eye popper. It was pretty to look at at some points. Other times it was too much for me, but it was pretty. I liked the location and grave digger because it just wasn't scary and the end just seemed rushed for me. No one come for me. <laughs> um, Mark. Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna give it a gut buster and a um, mind blower. I respect this heritage and um, I respect this legacy. Excuse me. I respect this legacy, and I respect the fact of what the movie has inspired later on. Because I'd be lying, like we said earlier, Black Swan probably was um, inspired by Suspiria. Some other movies I can see took some uh, cues from the movie and whatnot. I liked it for what it was, because I, I got the whole nightmare aspect of it, like, 
plot wise, yeah, it had some shit lacking there, but at the same time, it still had some great. It's got a great soundtrack, um, great kills. It's very retro, and I like the retro feel of it. So that's why I'm, I'm giving it those right now. Donovan. Yes. Can I help you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your categories, like sir? Uh huh. My categories. Is that what you were asking for? Okay. Yes. Um, I do Gutbuster and Eye Popper. The movie was visual, visually stunning. You can't deny that. Um, but it was like weak in places. There were parts that kind of like grossed me out. Um, but yeah, like Mark was saying, there's some like plot issues and everything didn't make sense. They could have wove the story better. They could have really been more than like in the past in, in the last 15 minutes. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, I could go on and on, but to be concise, it was very pretty to look at. There were some interesting things here at the end of the day. I don't feel like this is a very good film. Or effective, I'll say. It wasn't very effective. All right. I'm going to give it an eye popper because I thought it was a beautifully shot movie. Uh, Just visually, everything. The sets, the lighting, the costuming, like everything. I mean, it was just gorgeous cinematography. And I'm going to stick with just eye popper. Yeah, I just thought it, it impressed me visually. I will agree with all sort of like the negatives, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to stick with Eye Popper. Now it's time to rate the film on a 1 to 10 hotel room key scale. The point system is allowed. And uh, let's start off, because um, he's going to give it to us. It's Donovan. Oh. I'll give it a 6, above average. It did interesting things, but ultimately it wasn't... I wouldn't give it a passing grade. A for effort. Cynthia. Wow, now I feel bad. I'm giving it a five. Brum, 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 yeah, it was okay. I watched the whole thing in one sitting because I was expecting more, and then mm-hmm. it ended. So You're like that's yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, it was okay. Mark. It wasn't the worst. Oh, sorry, Cynthia. I'm done. Mark? Um, I'm going to give it 8.5. Oh. I give it 8.5 because, like I said earlier, you know, I got the whole nightmare aspect of it and seeing some of, a, some of the other Argento stuff, it's just, I don't know, I guess Argento's whole thing is like sometimes when you're scared and, and horror doesn't have to make sense to be effective because usually if you have an explanation for everything that's happening to you, then it's not really all this scary. So I was like, that's the that's how I'm approaching this movie and some of his other movies. Because usually when you are in a situation like that and you don't know what the fuck is going on, then, you know, it, it, it enhances the fear. But at the same time, and for today's audiences, we like a lot of, I don't want to say we like a lot of stuff explained to us because I don't, I'm not one of those types of people, but some form of continuity and fluid storytelling is just it, it, you just have to have that nowadays and even though that was made back in the day it just you know 
it might not stand a chance of time with some people. That's what I'm trying to say. So, and like one person said it best, it's a movie that makes sense only to the eye. <laughs> so that was a review. But so I have to give that, you know, I had to go with that. I'm going to give it seven and a half hotel room keys. I thought visually, as I mentioned earlier, it was beautiful and impressive. And it, it was like a, just a an amazing uh, visual feast for the eyes. Like even when it was sort of like murderous, you know, with like the blood and that kind of stuff, it still looked very impressive. It was shot beautifully. The storyline was okay. It, you know, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. I will agree, like, the witch stuff was kind of thrown in. I wish that they would have teased it a little bit more throughout the movie. The deaths and the shadowy figure and that kind of stuff was interesting and interestingly shot. It, it sort of gave us sort of like a little bit of a disorienting feel, which I liked. And um, I thought that the characters, like, the actors committed themselves into their roles. I mean, it wasn't, like, the best acting, but, you know, I I sort of bought what they were selling. You know, they, whatever was written on that script page, they um, accomplished it. And so I got to give them props for that. Some of the choices, you know, were weird, but overall, I mean, it was entertaining. Like, I was entertained at the end of it. And um, I would see it again at some point. Yeah, I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with Mark. Oh, since I, since I, since I sense shade. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Go ahead and waste some hours of your life if you want to. Oh, gosh. Well, on that note... Please drag your bodies away from the ballroom and prepare to check out. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Horror Hotel. Once again, here's one of our bellhops with a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash P C R Horror Hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com dot com slash panpichulo radio are you interested in joining the panpichulo radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at panpichuloradio.com binge listen to your favorite panpichulo radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives you can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through itunes just search for panpichulo radio's horror hotel and subscribe we hope you've brought your death certificate. Make final arrangements now. <laughs> Thank you. My fellow Horror Hotel team, please wish our hotel guests and the listeners a good night. Good night. Good night.
Good night. Watch out for the razor wire on your way out. <laughs> Good night. Watch out for that bat. Thanks hey. for tuning in. You may have checked into the horror hotel, but who says you're allowed to check out? Good night.